0: Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, Instagram.com slash great I do want to encourage you to check out my wife's business, Sheer Clips. Uh, There she sells a wide variety of different hair clips, hairpins, and headbands to suit the taste of a wide variety of different people. They're also available in different sizes to fit different hair types. You can check it out at lilarose.biz. That's L-I-L-L-A-Rose.biz slash Ashira. ASHIRA. Now let's get into this week's episode of Follow Vans. And the original air date is March the 22nd of 1949, and the title is The White Willow Murder Case. Oh, 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 oh.
1: Yes, it's a goodbye, I
2: think. Of course, the next evident is questionable. If I were you, I'd get into White Willow Refineries. they want to move that stock up five points a Oh, excuse me, sir. I'll call you back.
1: 15 and one Davis
3: Motors,
2: Ames speaking.
1: Stewart, this is Dawn.
2: Oh, yes, darling. What is it? I'm House quite market. busy. Well, holding its own, I'd say. White Willow is off a fraction. That's what you're really interested in, isn't it?
4: Oh, you're what I'm really interested in, Stuart.
2: Well, tell me about it tonight, will you, darling? I've got some people waiting to see me. I'll be up around... Well, you better name a time.
4: Oh, I can get rid of Nate around 8.30. Play safe and be up around 9, will you?
2: I'll be there. Goodbye, darling.
4: Bye. <laughs>
2: Sit right down again,
3: Ames. What? I want to talk to you. Oh, it's you, Mr. Leroy. How are you? I'll let you know in a little while. As soon as I close the store so we can have some privacy.
2: Yes? What is it?
3: Ames, three months ago, you urged me to buy 10,000 shares of White Willow
2: refineries. I wouldn't say I urged you. I pointed out that the company was in good financial shape and had excellent possibilities. There was going to be a merger. If it had gone through, the shares would have been split two for one.
3: Yes, I know. That's what you told me. But there was no merger. And the stock is off 15 points from what I paid for it. I'm sorry, Mr. Leroy. I don't control the companies. I just recommend investments for my clients. And most times they turn out well. You knew White Willow was a dog stock when you put me in it. I've lost $150,000, all the money I had in the world. Oh, look here, Mr. Leroy. You can't be blaming me for that. The investment must have looked good to you. Yes, it looked good because you recommended it. I mortgaged everything I own. What is a debt to buy that stock? I'm broke, Ames. If I sold that stock now, I couldn't get enough money to pay my debts.
2: I'm really sorry, Mr. Leroy, but there isn't anything I can possibly do about it. No, huh? No. Well, there's something I can do
3: about it. You don't think I'm going to take a loss like that lying down, do you? Oh, no. Somebody's going to take it lying down, but it won't be me.
4: No, you have to leave. It's after 9 o'clock.
5: Isn't it a funny thing about time, honey? It goes so fast sometimes and so slow other times,
4: huh? <laughs> ha, sure. And now, come on, I'll help you with your coat. Well, what's
5: the hurry, Dawn? What's with this Russian act? What have I got, the measles or something? What? Or what have you, got a date or something with some oh, other guy? Oh, no. Now, look. I'm not the kind of a character who thinks my baby will cross me. She wouldn't do that. Would she, baby?
4: Uh-huh.
5: She's too smart. Hate she, baby.
4: Uh-huh.
5: I'll be seeing you, baby. Mm. Bye.
4: Oh. Don. Stuart, where... Heard
2: you and Nate talking. So I came in the back way and waited until he left. Oh, Good thing you didn't catch me walking in here. That's all I'd need.
4: What's the matter, Stuart? Was something else wrong?
2: Oh, yes, yes. The market donor started to bend in the last hour. I'm afraid it's going to crack at the opening tomorrow. Is
4: White Willow down?
2: Two points. That's White Willow that's got me worried. George Roy says he went broke on that stock, and that it's my fault. Looked like he was desperate.
4: Oh, forget about Leroy, darling. Listen to me. It's Nate. I have an idea he knows about you. What? How could he? Well, don't ask me. Only Nate has a way of finding things out in this town. He's got a finger in every racket and a finger man on practically every block.
2: What makes you think he knows about me?
4: Oh, just a couple of things he said, that's all. Nothing definite. Nate never says anything definite, just a few hints. Enough to worry me, I'll tell you that.
2: Enough to worry you? What about me? Nate Amicon knows that I'm seeing his girl. I'm really in trouble.
4: Oh, darling, don't you think I'm worth a little trouble?
2: Oh, yes, yes, of course you are. Listen, maybe maybe it'd be better if we didn't see each other for a while. Maybe I ought to take a little trip somewhere for my health.
4: Oh, but your health is wonderful, darling.
2: Yes, it is now, but there's no telling how long it'll stay that way. With George Leroy and Amico around. Sit
5: down, Mr. Leroy. Sit down. Always like to have somebody that comes to see me sit down.
3: Thank you, Mr. Amico. Thanks very much. Uh... It is perfectly all
5: right with me, should you want to cut out that Mr. Amico stuff and call me Nate. I am known mostly to most people as Nate.
3: All right, Nate. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're busy. Uh
5: <clears throat> Never too busy. I shouldn't take time off for something on which maybe I can make a buck. Hmm. Uh, What's your proposition, Mr. Leroy?
3: Well, I don't exactly know how to begin.
5: Okay, so I'll help you. Somebody's lost you up somewhere, and you want them taken care
3: of, right? That's approximately right, Nate. A man in this town has ruined me, left me with hardly anything. Whatever it is I have, I'm willing to spend to see that he gets what's coming to him.
5: Yeah, that sounds like a very reasonable proposition. I'm very glad to take the details under advisement. Uh, you should tell me what's going on.
3: How much would it cost to kill a man, Nate?
5: Well, you want he should be knocked off, huh? Yes. Well, that requires a little work on, huh, Mr. Leroy. It's a pretty hot town for killings. At DA, we got Markham. He's a rough character. Now, if uh, you want this friend of yours worked on a little, that could be different.
3: I want him dead.
5: Uh, I see what you mean. Well, I could get him good and scared for you. It wouldn't cost you too much scratch. I want
3: him dead, I said. Yeah, I know. I
5: heard you. Who, uh, Who is this guy you want to be suddenly taken dead?
3: His name is Stuart Ames.
5: Do Ames, huh? Yes, he has an office... I in... know all about him, Mr. Leroy. And he's the guy you want killed, huh?
3: That's right. How much will it cost me?
5: Well, I don't know. You see, I kind of have a reason I should kill that bum myself. Maybe this is one job I don't do for money. Maybe Ames gets knocked off uh, just for the fun of it. <laughs>
3: 97th Precinct, Murphy speaking. Hello, place. There's been a murder at the Caton Apartments. Come right away. Caton Apartments, you say? Who was killed? A, a stockbroker named Stuart Ames. It only happened a couple of minutes ago. I, I was passing by his apartment. And I heard a shot, and I went in and found him on the floor, dead. Eh? Uh, no sign of the murderer? Well,
5: he must have gotten out the back way. I grabbed the phone and called you.
3: Hey, you did good. Wait right there. We'll we'll have some men up in five minutes.
6: Oh, Miss Williams, has my secretary come back from lunch yet?
4: No, Mr. Vance, Mr. Deering isn't back yet. Anything I can do?
6: Yes, I think so. Just a second, I'll come into the outer office. Miss Williams, will you get me the files on the last case we worked on?
4: The million-dollar murder case, Mr. Vance?
6: I believe that's what Mr. Markham, the district attorney, called it.
4: I have the files right here. Oh, you did a wonderful job on that case, Mr. Vance. You certainly know how to find murderers.
6: Finding murderers, Miss Williams, consists exclusively in knowing where to look.
4: It certainly sounds simple when you say it that way. Now, if it was me, I...
1: Vance, I'm glad I found you in.
6: Well, Markham, my friend, we were just speaking of you. What's the excitement, or should I guess?
1: Do you ever guess, Vance? I didn't think so. Let's go into your private office. I have something to tell you. Of course, Markham. After you. Thank you.
6: A murder this morning, Markham?
1: No. Last night, Vance. I just received word of it this morning. Apparently, Sergeant Heath tried to reach me last night, but I spent the night at a friend. Who was killed? A man named Stuart Ames, stockbroker. He was a specialist in a stock called White Willow Refineries. You know anything about it?
6: I know nothing about it or about him.
1: What are the details? Well, a neighbor heard the shot, rushed into Ames' apartment, found him lying there on the floor, and called the police. Any other details? Several. There was no sign of a struggle, no powder marks on the body, no disturbance at all in the room, and a cigarette was still burning in the ashtray. Only Ames didn't smoke. I see. Anything else? Yes. We have three prospective suspects and one definite clue. A clue, Markham? What is it? In the dead man's hand, Sergeant Heath found a button from a sports jacket. One of those leather buttons. You know the kind.
6: Yes, I do. And that's your clue, Markham? Of course. I'd forget it if I were you. What? Why? The button was planted there just to throw off any investigator. But Vance, what can you possibly know about... My dear Markham, if there were no signs of a struggle and no powder marks on the body, how could the killer have been near enough to the victim for Mr. Ames to yank a button from a coat? Ah. Now that you mention it, I see what you mean. Of course, the killer might have been near enough to Mr. Ames to shoot him after a struggle, providing there was time enough for him to straighten up the apartment after firing the shot, but apparently there wasn't. No, there wasn't.
1: The neighbor came rushing in immediately, he says. The murderer undoubtedly went out the back way. Undoubtedly. Well, it's nice to know I'm right about something. You want to know about the suspects, Vance? Please. First, there's a man named George Leroy who lost a fortune due to the dead man's stock recommendations. Yes. Then there's a gangster named Nate Amico. Ames was fooling with his girlfriend.
6: And last, there's the girlfriend. Who's she?
1: Her name is Dawn Vander, former nightclub singer. She's the one who supplied Sergeant Heath with the information about the two other suspects. She's being held at the apartment now. Is she attractive, Markham? From what I understand, she is.
6: Well, in that case, what are we doing here? Miss Vander, if there's anything you can tell me about this case, I'd be very
4: grateful. I can't tell you anything if I don't know anything, can I, Vance? And if I did know anything, anything more than I told the police, I'd tell you, wouldn't I?
6: I certainly hope so. Uh, This was Mr. Ames' living room, I imagine? That's right.
4: Oh,
1: I wish I could help you.
6: I do too, Miss Vander. Uh, Oh, Markham.
1: Yes, Vance?
6: Uh, Come in, will you, please, Markham?
1: Yes, of course. Something I can do?
6: I think so. You can let Miss Vander go, for one thing.
4: Oh, no kidding. Gee, thanks, Vance. Is it all right for me to go, Mr. Markham?
1: It is, if Vance says so. But please, don't leave town, Miss Vander. We may need your testimony later.
4: I'll be around. Thanks, Mr. Markham. And, uh, Mr. Vance, I wish I could think of a way of thanking you. Uh,
6: Forget it, Miss Vander. So long. Markham, you mentioned to me that Mr. Ames didn't smoke, yet there was a cigarette still burning in the ashtray when
1: his body was found. Yes, a Menlo, king size. It was Mm. smoldering. Somebody, the murderer probably, tried to put it out but wasn't successful. You know how cigarettes sometimes keep burning?
6: Yes, of course.
1: No lipstick marks. (laughs) You know better. We don't often get breaks like that. Sergeant Heath, incidentally, was very disappointed when you exploded his pet clue, the leather sports jacket button.
6: I'm sorry. I thought it might save him some time trying to track it down. It did.
1: He has another clue he picked up near the back door, Vance. Here, take a look. Book of paper matches, eh? It's the book. The matches are all gone. But look at the edge of the cardboard, Vance. Hmm? There are several indentations, you see? Apparently Hmm. made by a thumbnail. Well, that's
6: not too unusual, Markham. Many people have the nervous habit of putting their fingernail into a paper match
1: cover do it myself sometimes. Yes, I know. I've seen you. You didn't murder Stuart Ames, did you, Vance? <laughs> not that I remember. <laughs> but I wouldn't be too surprised
6: if it was the murderer who discarded this matchholder. Seems to me we ought to make a survey of our
1: suspects and find which one had a habit of putting his nail into the cardboard. Good. I must remember to tell Sergeant Heath to withhold any mention of our finding this clue. I wouldn't want the newspapers to get hold of it. Wouldn't you, Markham? Why not? Well, it's perfectly plain why not. The newspapers print it, the murderer will know we're working on that angle, and he'll be extra careful when we interview him. He'll make sure he doesn't give himself away.
6: That's very good logic, Markham, but I think that the newspapers ought to get the story. But, Vance,
1: I've seen you do this very thing on other cases. You hold back some bit of evidence so that you can capitalize on it later on.
6: Yes, I do, Markham, but those were other cases. This case is an entity in itself. I think another theory applies to it. Yes? Make sure the reporters get the story of the match cover, Markham. Then give me 24 hours, and I'll deliver your murderer to you.
1: This is District Attorney Markham. The White Willow murder case began with the finding of the body of Stuart Ames, stockbroker specialist in White Willow stock. Suspects include George LeRoy, who went bankrupt following Ames market tips, Nate Amico, gangster boyfriend of Don Vander, nightclub singer whom Ames was seeing, and Miss Vander herself. Milo Vance believes that a paper matchbox cover with fingernail markings is a vital clue, but hasn't said why. One of my men has reported that Miss Vander has just visited Nate Amico's apartment, but we don't have any... Anything-
5: Oh, now, now, look, honey, you're blowing your top. Put that gun away, Oh,
4: no, Nate, it stays just where it is, and you stay right where you are, don't make a move. Uh, and don't say anything till I tell you it's okay to talk. Oh, now,
5: don't, baby. Look. Shut up, I said. Who are, you, who are you calling?
4: The district attorney. Oh, you thought you were awful cute, didn't you, Nate? Well, I'm cuter. Oh, now, baby. Shut up and don't come near me. Markham speaking. Uh, Mr. Markham, this is Dawn Vander. I'm in Nate Amico's apartment.
1: Yes, I know. One of my men saw you go in.
4: Good. Get him to come right up here, Markham. Nate killed Stuart Ames. But I know he did.
5: We Were you no good two time and broad. Uh,
1: oh. Miss Vander, what was that, please? Oh. Miss Vander, you did, I did it. it. I didn't get... didn't I you, Buffy? Hello? You did Hello. it. Hello? Hello? Mr. Markham? Oh, yes, I'm still here, Miss Vander. What happened?
4: Don't bother sending up any men for Nate Amico, Mr. Markham. Send them up for me. I just shot and killed him. <laughs>
1: Do you want me to go in with you, Vance, or do you prefer to talk to Miss Vander alone?
6: Either way, Markham.
1: In that case, I'll leave you here. But first, Vance, may I ask you why you're going to see Miss Vander?
6: Certainly, Markham. There are things in this case with which I'm not satisfied.
1: I don't understand how you can say that. It's very obvious that Amico killed Ames, and that Miss Vander killed Amico when he tried to prevent her from telling that to me on the telephone.
6: The last part of that statement is correct, Markham.
1: I have an idea. You have an idea. It was Miss Vander who killed Ames.
6: Frankly, I don't have any such ideas, Markham.
1: Oh. Just in case you did, I'd like to remind you, Vance, that Miss Vander uses a great deal of makeup, and there was no lipstick stain on the cigarette we found smoldering in Ames' apartment.
6: I realize that that practically removes suspicion from her.
1: Then there's the clue of a matchbox. Miss Vander certainly doesn't seem to be the nervous type, does she?
6: No, and while we're on the subject, she doesn't seem to be the type to carry paper matches either. But I'm going to see her regardless. As you say, Vance... Which cell is she in? uh, First one to the right. Hmm... I'll talk to her from the outside through the bars. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you later. Right.
1: Come into Heath's office when you're through, will you, Vance?
6: I'll do that. (laughs) Miss Vander?
4: Oh. Oh, hello, Mr. Vance. I'm sorry I'm being such a baby.
6: I'm sorry you're being held in this detention cell, Miss Vander. But you will have to stand trial, you know.
4: Yes, yes, I know. I don't really care what happens to me at the trial either, Vance. As soon as I found out that it was Nate who killed Stuart, my whole world fell apart.
6: When I questioned you, why didn't you tell me it was Nate? That would have saved you a lot of trouble and a prison sentence.
4: I know, but I was afraid of him. Later I thought it over, and when he tried to stop me from telling Mr. Markham, I shot him when he went for his gun. (laughs) Cigarette, Vance?
6: No, thank you. Here, I'll have it.
4: Uh, I have my own lighter, thanks. It, it was self defense, Vance. Malcolm knows that. He, he could hear Nate threaten me over the telephone.
6: Yes, I know. He told me that. Uh, having trouble with that lighter, Miss Vander?
4: <sighs> no. Blew it, I guess.
6: Allow me, please. Just hand it to me through the bars. <sighs> These Burton lighters are tricky. There. Thank you. Is there anything I can get for you while you're here, Miss Vander?
4: Oh, no, I don't think so. Unless you can get me my compact, I'm lost without it. I'd even settle for my earrings or a cigarette holder or a couple of bobby pins. Anything so I don't look like everybody else in this cell row.
6: I'll ask Mr. Markham to get them for you, Miss Vander. I'll send you some cigarettes. Uh, what brand are you smoking?
4: Douglas Corktips. Right. Oh, thank you,
6: Miss. Oh, no trouble, Miss Vander. After all, you did me a favor, you know.
4: You, you mean by finding Stuart Ames' murderer for you?
6: Yes. That is, if it was Mr. Ames' murderer, you killed. <laughs> I beg your pardon. You're Mr. Leroy? Yes. Who are you? My name is Vance, Philo Vance. Oh, how are you, Mr. Vance?
3: Fine, thank you. Uh, Mr. Leroy, you follow the market? I did when I had enough money to play with stocks. Mm -hmm. I don't anymore. I just come down here now to see how much money I might have made if I bought stocks of my own choosing. Instead of the ones the late Stuart Ames picked out for you? Yes, that's right. That was the information we had, Mr. Leroy. I just wanted to be sure. Oh, by the way, uh you smoke? Hmm? Oh, yes, of course I do. May I see your lighter? I don't use a lighter. Ordinary paper matches are good enough for me. You want to see them? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. Uh, here you are. have them right in my hand. It's a habit, I guess. Hmm.
6: These nail punctures in the side, that's habit too, isn't it?
3: Well, I, I don't know. I hadn't thought much of it. I didn't realize I was doing it. No, I venture to say you didn't. Now, wait a minute, Vance. Don't build anything. The police know that dead gangster killed Ames. I didn't kill him. You've got to believe that. Do I, Leroy? Why?
1: (laughs) Well, Vance, you asked me to meet you on the corner of Fifth Avenue and 57th Street. I did. Now, tell me, where are we heading? Toward
6: the solution of the White Willow murder case, I hope, Markham. See this tobacco shop? Yes, I do, but what has it to do with our case? Come on in here with me and find out. Very well.
2: Gentlemen, may I help you?
6: Yes, please, if you will. If I'm not mistaken, this store is the exclusive agency for Douglas cigarettes.
2: That's correct, sir. We import them, Douglas cigarettes and Burton lighters.
6: I'd like a
1: carton
2: of
6: Douglas's, please.
1: Cork-tipped.
2: Very good, sir. Thank you. I'll have them wrapped.
1: Vance, I don't know what you're driving at. You remember, of course, that it wasn't a Douglas cigarette we found in Stuart Ames' apartment. It was a Menlo. Of course.
6: This carton is for Miss Vander. She asked me to get her some Douglas cork-tipped cigarettes. So, I'm getting them.
1: Oh, that's different.
6: The cigarettes will be wrapped in a moment, sir. Is there anything else I can do? Yes. A Burton lighter was sold sometime recently. Yesterday, perhaps, to a very attractive young lady. I'd like to see the gentleman who waited on her.
2: Well, if it's the young lady whose photographs are in the newspaper, sir... I'm the man. She came in and purchased a lighter and a package of Douglas's the first thing yesterday morning. Never saw her before that. That's
1: what I thought. Dawn Vander bought a cigarette lighter yesterday morning, Vance. How did you know that?
6: I'll explain later. Will you have her and Mr. George Leroy in your office this afternoon, Markham? I'd like to talk to them both, but I'm sure only one of them will want to listen to me. Having trouble with that cigarette lighter, Miss Vander?
4: Yes. You want to try and make it work again, Mr. Vance?
6: Try these matches of mine. They never fail. Oh, thanks. Here you are. Now, Mr. Leroy, you and I had a little chat in the brokerage office this morning. You didn't tell me all I wanted to know.
3: I'll tell you the whole truth, Vance. I offered to pay Nada Miko to kill Stuart Ames for me. But he told me that he would do it for the fun of it.
1: Well, Vance, that just about cinches the case against the dead Nate Amico, doesn't it? Not quite, Markham. Not quite.
3: What do you mean,
4: not quite, Vance? I told you I knew he'd kill Stuart Ames. That's the reason I shot him. Now you hear this Mr. Leroy tell you Nate told him he was going to kill Stuart. What else do you want?
6: For one thing, I want those matches I gave you, if you don't mind. What? Thank you. And Now, in case you'd still like to know what I want, Miss Vander... I want Mr. Markham to hold you for the murder of Stuart Ames. Miss Williams, will you please read back these notes on the White Willow murder case?
4: Oh, sure, Mr. Vance. It'll be a pleasure.
6: Nothing like combining fun and work, Miss Williams, is
4: there? Oh, that's right. Especially when I get to work for you, Mr. Vance. Well, Here, here are the notes. To F.X. Markham, district attorney, you've asked me why I was certain that Miss Vander was Stuart Ames' killer, and you cited the cigarette left burning in Ames' apartment when his murderer fled.
3: Go ahead, please.
4: Yeah. You wanted to know how a girl could have left that cigarette there and there'd be no lipstick marks on it. Very simple. Miss Vanda used a cigarette holder. It was one of the articles taken from her when she was in jail.
6: Well, that's right so far. Mm.
4: About her murder of Nate Miko. Apparently, Mr. Miko saw her enter or leave the apartment of the dead Mr. Ames immediately after she had killed him. He reminded her of this hold he had on her, and she killed him, too, very cleverly, Inasmuch as she had you on the telephone when she did.
6: Mm, that was quite a trick. Uh, please continue, Miss Williams.
4: Right. Now, Martin, you will want to know why Miss Vander would kill a man while you were listening just to cover up another killing. The answer is simple. She had a perfect self defense alibi. An alibi you would have given her, but she might have gone to the chair if Nate Amico had ever decided to talk about her killing Amy. Well, that's all there is so far, Mr. Vance. Would you. Would you please tell me how you knew it was she?
6: Well, as I said, Miss Vander was clever. She knew about the clue of the matchbox cover with its nail impressions because she'd read about it in the papers. Uh Uh-huh. She immediately went out and bought a cigarette lighter. The Burton's a little difficult to work at first, so I knew it was new when she tried to use it while I was visiting her. Right. Another thing. She realized we knew the brand of cigarette she had left in Ames' apartment, so she switched brands. Mm. Switched to Douglas's. But the clerk said he'd never seen her in the store before she bought the lighter. Therefore, that was another lie that came back to haunt Uh,
4: her. Oh, from what I read, Mr. Vance, that other suspect, uh, Mr. Leroy... Well, he used to mark a match cover with his fingernail... just like the one that was left in Mr. Ames' apartment.
6: Yes, he did. But he made no effort to hide that fact from me when I questioned him. He had nothing to hide, you see. Oh. Yesterday, in Mr. Markham's office, I let Miss Vander have a book of matches. And while I was questioning Mr. Leroy, she was so interested... she forgot herself and used her fingernail on the match cover. Oh. But when I saw that and added up all the other factors I knew... I was certain she was the killer.
4: You know the reason why she killed Ames, Mr. Vance?
6: I think so. It seems that he was about to leave town and her. It also seems that when she came up to see him the night of the murder, he refused to either take her with him or return a lot of money he had borrowed from her. That was enough reason for her to put an end to him.
4: Oh, I guess that's right. And calling you in, Mr. Vance, was enough reason to put an end to the White Willow murder case. Oh, 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 oh.
0: Welcome back. Oh goodness, this episode. There were so many things that, as I was listening to, just made me go, "What?" We're told the victim was a stockbroker who specialized in selling one stock. Which I don't think is actually a thing. Now, of course, I do know that there are brokers who work specific areas. Like some will work on the commodity exchange. Others, you know, work, you know, who will work on the stock exchange and have those sort of specializations. But specializing in one company seems odd. It seems like what they were going for and what would have actually made sense is if he was a stock promoter as opposed to a broker. In that case, the anger directed at him at the beginning of the episode would have made sense because he urged the guy to buy a stock and promoted that stock for his own reasons and it uh, declined. And technically you don't actually have to try someone if, as a prosecutor, you think there's legitimate self-defense. By the way, the episode phrased it, they essentially seem to be saying she's got to go on trial regardless. And the, probably the silliest request in here is when she requested to get her earrings and jewelry back in jail so that she can stand out from the other women in the cell block. That is really not a good idea. As I mentioned when we first got into the Philo Vance series, I was originally not going to do the syndicated version of it. And part of my reason for doing that is that the police and official investigators in the story were just so incredibly dim. That's a good word. We have this part where uh, Markham challenges Vance's suggestion that they withhold the information on the evidence found at the scene. Because in another case, Vance had the evidence withheld from the press and kept out of the papers so that he could use it to surprise the murderer. He had a plan. Markham has no plan to surprise the murderer or use it in any way, but he remembers once that Vance did have a plan, so he wants to keep it out of the papers, and Vance has to explain, no, each case is actually a little bit different. I think I've gotten to the point that I can kind of enjoy this series just As an unintentional detective comedy, I think back when I started the podcast, I was more like, this was written to be a pretty straightforward detective series. And by any standard of a serious detective story, it doesn't measure up. It's not Nick Carter. It's not Boston Blackie. It's not even Casey Crime Photographer. But it's also not obnoxious, so I can enjoy it for what it is, which I don't think was what it was intended to be originally. And you get all of these weird choices each week, odd lines. Strange decisions that seem like random in terms of the creative uh, methods. And it's enjoyable just because you don't quite know what it's going to come up with from week to week. With that said, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Joel, Patreon supporter since July. Currently supporting us at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Well, that will actually do it for today. If you're enjoying this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next week with another episode of Follow Vance. But join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where...
3: Johnny Dollar. Henry Conrad, Johnny. Hello, Mr. Conrad. How are you? Fine. Uh, can you take a job? No trouble at all. Well, this is it. On Thursday of last week, we got a call from the New York police. They'd confiscated about $100,000 worth of rare gems. A man named Wells had been murdered, and they found the jewels in the water pipe beneath the sink. Your company insure, Wells? No. One of our clients in Europe was robbed about three months ago. The same jewels? We think so, but we can't be positive. They've been removed from their settings, and some of the larger ones have been recut. The police are holding Mrs. Wells, and she claims the jewels are rightfully hers. She says neither she or her husband knew they were hidden in the water pipes. Well, unless it can be proved the jewels were stolen, she's just liable to end up with them. Possession, huh? Yeah. It's a funny one. When can you start?
0: I've started. And I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become... One of our friends on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.